every year, um, there were two days that I would lose sleep the night before for, as a kid. Um, as a kid, when I was growing up, there was two, there was two nights that were always going to be very, very hard for me to fall asleep. Um, the first one is one we're preparing for right now. It was Christmas Day, right? Um, the first one was, we would, we, Christmas Eve was always, we would go to Mass, we'd go to my grandmother's house, we'd share presents and all these other kind of things. Um, and then it was to get me and my sister back, the, like the goal was to get me and my sister back home, get us to bed so then Santa could pass. Um, and there was always in my mind the excitement of the next morning, right? Um, so much so that I remember as a kid one day, um, it was Christmas break, I was practicing waking up to go and like see my presence. So I was running back and forth between my room, which was not a far distance. But like I remember waking up and I would run out and like pretend to be surprised at what was under the tree. Because I was so excited, I wanted to make sure that I was prepared. My mom and dad thought I was an absolute idiot. One that like on December 22nd doing that, right, mom and dad? Yeah, okay. But it was funny. Like it was just, I remember I was so fired up. I knew that what I, I knew what I'd asked for. I knew what I was like, I was in touch with my desire for it. I knew what I wanted to get. I couldn't wait. And I knew that on Christmas morning it was going to be fulfilled. So it's really, really hard on Christmas Eve. Every year it was really hard for me on Christmas Eve to fall asleep, right? Parents do the bargaining, you don't, Santa doesn't pass until you go to bed, like all those kind of things, right? It was super hard for me to fall asleep on Christmas Eve because of that. The other day that it was always really hard for me to fall asleep was the night before the first day of school. Now y'all are like, huh? I don't think so. <laughs> that was really loud, bro. Um, but like, I, like, I, it, like it's, it was always the first day of school just there was an excitement for me at the end of summertime to get back and to see my friends, right? Being the extrovert, I was like, great, because there's a couple of things. You get to get back, you get to see all of your friends, you get to kind of like, there's the excitement of the new school year and all that stuff, okay? You also have like all the new stuff that your mom and dad have not let you touch yet because it's all your school supplies and they've been kind of like hidden in this glass case and like you got break until don't do not open until the first day of school like all of that new clothes even if you go to school with uniforms right you still get to put on something new and it's like there's nothing better than putting on a new shirt right like there was all this excitement that I finally get to put all these things to use. And you want to go to the first day of school, and that was fun. And then you want to get back home and just go right back to summer vacation because I've already heard everything. I'm already interested. I'm done. All right? I'm finished. I don't need to go into tests and the homework and all that kind of stuff. But there was that first day of school was always exciting to the point that it would keep me up the night before. Why? Because in both cases, there's an anticipation of what's coming. In both cases, for me as a kid, there was an excitement about what the next day held, about what was going to happen, what I was going to experience, what I was going to get, who I was going to see. There was always an excitement that would kind of led the way into those two days, first day of school and Christmas. As we continue in this Advent season, we're 13 days away from Christmas. 
Now, some people might think, oh my goodness, my, my tree, the, I, I still haven't decorated the tree. I haven't got the tree. I still need to pull it out the, out the closet if you do a fake tree. And Father Bruce would get really, really mad, right? Um, I, I haven't, I, maybe I have, I'm, I'm still waiting for all of these things that I ordered to get here. And I'm watching those dates to see, like, is it going to actually make it by Christmas? Or am I going to do the thing? It hasn't come in yet. Like, that kind of get, like gift, right? Um, there's an excitement, though, and an anticipation as we get closer to Christmas. And spiritually, there should be as well. Because as of today, we're over the hump. As of today, we're now on our way on the, on the back half of Advent. And the readings today remind us of it. Our second reading, St. Paul, says very, very clearly in his letter to the Philippians, the Lord is near. That should bring about the same expectation, the same excitement that kept me up at night as a kid. That the Lord is near. That in 13 days time, God wants to enter into the church, into you, into your life in a new and profound way. And it's getting closer and closer by the minute closer and closer by the day, because the Lord is near. In the same way as, as a kid waiting for Christmas, um, I, I, may, I may be alone in, in that excitement and that, that difficulty of falling asleep, but in the same way, what was it that kept me awake? What was it that keeps a kid awake usually on Christmas Eve? It's that I believe that I'm going to receive something I want. Right? I think that's the fundamental reason why kids have a hard time falling asleep on Christmas Eve most of the time is because I'm excited that the next day I'm going to receive something that I actually want. Something that I may have sat on Santa's lap and asked for. As, as we get closer to Christmas, as we're 13 days and counting away, what have you asked the Lord for? Like, are you in touch with the desire? Have you asked for something from the Lord? Not a, not a PlayStation or, you know, a video game system or, or some kind of clothes or some kind of toy, anything like that, but like the important stuff. Are you in touch with what you desire? Have you asked the Lord? Have you asked God for what it is that you need? Maybe it's healing with a certain relationship. Maybe it's forgiveness. A particular person. Maybe it's uh, just, God, God, I need you to work a miracle in my marriage. Or I'm, I'm, I'm praying for my, my, my kid who's estranged or, or just away from the church. What have you asked the Lord for for this Christmas. Because the reality is, God wants to enter in this Christmas into your life in a pro- profound and powerful way. Like we, don't, we don't mess around about that. that, we don't, we, that's, that's, not a, that's not an accident. That's not, a, uh, that, that's not just a, a, a pie-in-the-sky, pious idea. But in reality, God wants to touch your life in the place that you need it most.
God wants your Christmas to be the most powerful, most profound, most beautiful Christmas that you've ever had to this point in your life. And it has nothing to do with a present that's under a tree or a song that's on the radio. <laughs> so where is it that you need God to touch your life this Christmas season? The second day, they kept me awake. It's the first day of school. And the reason why, I, and, and I say this kind of in jest, but it's, it's also true. I, the first day of school is great, but the problem is you have a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth, right? As a kid. Like the first day of school is awesome. It's a lot of fun. You get to catch up, hear about what other people did for their summers and all these other things. And it's a, lot, it's a really good time. You get to play at recess and all these other kind of things. But then whenever school actually starts, it gets hard, and then it gets aggravating, and then it's stressful, and then we don't like it anymore. But the same way that God wants to work this Christmas in your heart, God wants to actually be with you, meet you where you're hurting the most, meet with you where you need healing the most. That same way that God is wanting to be with you this Christmas season, He wants to stay with you beyond. And that's when it's not as fun. You see, that's whenever it gets a little bit harder. That's when we might actually have to change maybe what we do, who we talk to, the way in which we say things, how we spend our time. See, God this Christmas wants to give Himself to you. In this Mass, God is going to give Himself to you. The follow-up to that, though, the question that I have for us, does it change us? Repeatedly in Scripture, when, God when Jesus meets His disciples, they stop what they're doing and follow Him. They, pick up their, they deny themselves, pick up their cross, and follow Him. He meets them where they are, but He loves them too much to leave them there. Matthew's no longer a tax collector. He becomes a disciple. Peter is no longer a fisherman. He becomes the Pope. Paul is no longer a murderer. He becomes an apostle to the Gentiles and writes half the New Testament. When Jesus meets us, will we allow it to change us? Where we live our life more as a Christian? Carrying the banner of who Jesus is more vividly, more recognizably, more explicitly in our life. We want God to heal. We want God to fix. But are we willing to change as well? One of my favorite, uh, and I'll end with this, one of my favorite images uh, at a football game um, is that the fourth quarter? Um, whenever everything is counting, like you, you, you got the game going on, you play the first three quarters, you get into the fourth quarter, and usually the band does something different. And there's the players on the sideline, oftentimes, though, they'll, they'll put four fingers up as like a, like you just see like the whole team put four fingers up, and you're like, what the heck are they doing? Um, it's because they're recognizing, okay, this is the last quarter, this is where we lay it all on the line. Right? This is where whatever energy we have left, we're laying out. We're going to go all out. We're going to leave it all in the field. All those kind of like little kitsch statements, right? Like we're going to do everything we can to just finish this game strong. Because at the end of the game, we don't want any regret. 
We don't want any kind of regret. We don't want, it, we don't want to go back and look at it and say, I could have done more. We want to be able to say, I gave everything I could to this last phase before it's over. If Advent this season has been all about shopping and all about the Hallmark Channel and all about the tree and everything else, and it, and it, and it hasn't, you're like your, your, your gaze has not kind of made its way to God yet, it's okay. We, got, we, we, we still got 13 days. We're on the back stretch. But I would say this is, this is the four finger kind of salute, right? Like this is the, four, this is the moment where we, as a, as a community, kind of regroup our gaze and focus on our Lord during this Advent season. Because come Christmas, we want to be prepared. So as we prepare, going into these last two weeks, 13 days, as we open up ourselves to be able to receive our Lord, the two questions that I ask, that we reflect on today at Mass and then beyond, the two things I think that are most important. Where do you need God? Like, what are you asking for? What place in your heart, what, what, what darkness, what hurt, what sin, where do you need God to work a miracle? And secondly, will you allow it to change you? Just imagine for a moment what life looks like. The deepest, darkest, recessed corner if you allow God in. For healing, for peace. And what does it look like when that plays out in your day-to-day life? The way in which you stress is off. That relationship's healed. It's not as burdensome. See, God wants to meet us in our weakness, in our mess. And God wants to change us so that we're better witnesses to His gospel. As we come today to Mass, God's going to meet us. And when He sends us out, He hopes that we're changed. May this Advent season, we allow God to meet us. And we allow God to change us.